because um, I wanted to, I didn't want to record the announcement, but I think it could have been a good idea actually. Yeah, so so we're we're gonna try to record some of these uh, instructions and talks, and they might be useful for you. If there's something you you didn't catch along the way, you want to uh, you want to check again later, or you know, if there's some something that seems useful that you could you would want a friend to listen to. But also, there's some people who don't have the. It's not possible for for them to be here, you know, because maybe they were on the wait list. They didn't make it. Or maybe because they are far away or this environment didn't feel safe enough or supportive enough, but they, uh, you know, want to hear the Dharma. And uh, making uh, these, recording these and sharing these is in a way a gift that we can uh, share with others. So, so, so thank you for for this. Yeah, let's take a moment just to feel how we feel. Never a bad idea to just notice how it feels at this point now, at this point of the day or at this point of the conversation, if I can talk about what's happening right now like this. Anything that is shared here uh, this week, um, suggestions, ideas, uh, instructions, uh, are uh, to be considered uh, uh, with care, with uh, intelligence, with um, with. Uh, with a critical mind. You know, I'm using critical mind here in the best positive way, you know. Not the judgmental. Like, it, this all has to be listened to with a judgmental mind. <laughs> no, with a critical mind. Uh, with independence, if I can put it in, in, in these, this word, independence. Meaning that we have our own life experience, we have our views, the way we understand the world, etc. And here, ideas are presented. I think that are worth considering deeply. Uh, and the, the word that is used in Pali is ehi uh, pasiko, meaning see for yourself, see for yourself. And so that's uh, one beautiful way, I think, to receive these teachings, is to listen and maybe feel how it re- re- resonates, the heart, the mind, the body, that resonates. See how it <coughs> resonates inside of you. And, um, yeah, and then do as you see fit in terms of, uh, you know, releasing some of the things, because don't seem relevant to you or contemplating, reflecting more on other things that are being said, offered, instructions. And 
That's what I like about this practice. How I, I understand this practice is, a, is an amazing gift of independence uh, from the Buddha. The way I kind of hear or understand this teaching is, uh, is I'll show you Pascal, make it very personal. <laughs> you know, it's, that's how I, I hear it. It's like, Pascal, I'll show you a way to pay attention to what is happening so that you can discover the truth, uh, you know, kind of beside or beneath or despite uh, anything that you've learned or that come from the dominant group or capitalism or white supremacy or, or family culture or your own assumptions, you know, I'll show you a way to pay attention to what's happening so that you can see for yourself what is what, to die, a way to dive underneath your preconceived ideas and go see what has value, what is leading onward, what is onward leading, what is helpful, what is not. And in many ways, it's, it's, it's been, uh, for me, very, very, uh, extremely useful. Um, I have deep, the words cannot say, the depth of my gratitude towards <coughs> this practice, for, for this gift of independence, of uh, maybe inner clarity, inner ethics. One part of it, it, one part of it for me is as a gay man. You know, being in a society that tends to send a certain message. You know, at best that I'm tolerable. You know, to actually be able to dive deep in, to go see what is beautiful, what is noble, honorable, vibrant, rich, uh, none, not harmful. You know, that is deserving of being celebrated, honored. You know, to be able to do that work, I needed, I think, this tool, this, this tool of uh, mindfulness, of careful consideration. The way, actually, I was thinking about it uh, uh, around lunchtime, right after lunchtime, I, um, I don't know if this is the best way to go about this, but I will anyway, because I don't have any other way. <laughs> I usually don't have much option. I can only go with what comes up. <laughs> but uh, this afternoon I was uh, thinking, in French, it's, uh, I think that's the meaning. It just appeared to me. I was like, oh, I don't know what it means exactly. Procession de foi. That's from my Catholic background. Is, that an English, is there an English translation for this? Profession, profession de foi, profession of faith. Anyway, I was like, I think that's what it means. It's like you express your faith. Like, oh, that's that's what I'm gonna do. I think that's what I I'll do when I come. You know, when I come here this afternoon, I'll probably end up doing this this even if I don't want to, <laughs> because I the thought that crossed my mind. So apologies, what I said might not make sense. 
And I've heard my teaching being described like this for, from a few people now, so I, I bet it might be... It's like, we don't know where you're going. You're kind of like, you're going like this, like this, like this. Suddenly, bang, it makes sense. <laughs> I think it, I have the same experience from the inside. <laughs> and, uh, and maybe it's possible that it doesn't make sense at all also. Like, I would understand this, but... Uh, but anyway... I don't have another choice, so I'll go like this. So I was kind of amazed, I think because I haven't been on retreat forever, for a month. Like the, the form, the form of the retreat and the form of what we do, the sitting and just walking earlier, just walking back and forth, amazed me. It's, uh, I'm amazed at the simplicity and the power of the form. Like this, just walking back and forth, this, um, to me that's kind of, what we're doing is kind of at the level of nuclear. Like we're, we're playing with really powerful shit. <laughs> if I can say it like this. It looks like nothing. It looks like boring, you know, just sitting, just walking. But it's very, it's very, Unique, what we are doing. So, um, we're. Um, I actually wrote it down, so I'll, I'll, I'll read it the way I wrote it down. So, just this, just slowing down, just slowing down a little bit. It looks like nothing. Just slowing down, going from scatteredness and busyness to simplicity, let's call it like this. This is all we're doing, only this. Slowing down a little bit, going from scatteredness, busyness, to amazing level of simplicity, just sitting, just sitting, just stepping, walking. If you don't want to walk, it's okay, you can stand. Or sit outside. Just, it's amazing. It's in a way, radical, huh? going from busyness and scatteredness to simplicity and special ingredient, increase of presence, or maybe more like stabilizing of presence. So this is the lab. I'm amazed. Like, forget Hogwarts. You know, we're definitely at the sorcerer's camp here. <laughs> much more than Hogwarts. <laughs> because we take just a few ingredients, slowing down, going from busyness and scatteredness to simplicity, and this lab, this research lab we're in, it looks religious. It's a lab where we're studying sustained presence. We're studying presence. We're studying what it is like to, what, what is sustained presence, staying, staying attentive, staying in connection. It's not easy, because the mind wants to come in, prefer, extrapolate, embellish, uh, plan. You know, it wants to go in all kinds of scattered directions, rehash, and we're just saying, honey, very simple, here, here, here. Here, 
is it possible to stay here? And the mind's like, oh, I wonder, you know, if cars are going to go on this road. I wonder, I wonder, you know, here, here, just trying to establish, create some connection and keep the connection going. That's how we're doing. That's how we're playing here, with here in this lab. Can we create some connection and keep the connection going, keep the awareness going of maybe environment or senses, breath, something happening here, here. Can we touched or be touched, be in connection with something happening here and keep that connection. Just the study of this and then what? Suddenly you, this could lead to vipassana. <laughs> this could lead to insight. This could lead to intuition. This could lead to understanding. This could lead to an intelligence we haven't had the chance to tap into yet. This could lead to a change of perception, of view. Just this, just the slowing down. Just the renunciation, letting go of busyness, of scatteredness, just this study of an awareness that stays, of a presence that stays engaged. These ingredients put together looks like nothing, and bang, there could be a change of vista. Not that you would appear in a different world, it would be still the parking lot if that's where you're walking. But suddenly, a different view of self, time, world, reality, value. This is what we call vipassana. Something is shaken. (laughs) Something is baked and shaked. (laughs) It's different than... Kentucky Fried Chicken, I think. It's the opposite. Shake and bake. Here we bake in presence, and then something is shaken. And suddenly, whoops, wow, the view changes. A view of maybe forgiveness, self-forgiveness. A different view of tenderness, of compassion, instead of self-judgment. A different view of, instead of expectation, demands of acceptance. Just these little ingredients put together. Slowing down. I'm repeating it, it's a pedagogical device creating the condition, conditioning us to slow down. (laughs) Slowing down. Abandoning the fascination for all the thoughts. Thoughts about future, past, me, how I'm perceived, how will I be, how was I, was I really, 
etc. Abandoning this and connecting with here, stepping, stepping, sounds, hearing space, coolness, tingling, ease, dis-ease, comfort, discomfort, just becoming acquainted with the immediate experience. Maybe gradually or suddenly, bang, something switches. We can't control this. We can make this. We cannot make this happen. But we can create the conditions. That's what we're, that's the design of the retreat. That's what we're doing as a community. Individually, we have a kind of a individual intention uh, to practice that made us sign up. Sense of urgency, Tara was talking about, a sense of, there must be another way to be in relationship with stuff, others, myself, the world, society, etc. So there's an individual, individual intention, and there's a collective creation, co-creation of something Together, we slow down. Together, we value a higher quality presence. Not a superficial presence, but a presence that really feels. It takes time to do this. It takes a, it'll take a few days, a lifetime, probably. A lifetime. This is. But we're doing this here. We have really special conditions. People are cooking for us our own bedroom, uh, this, this silence in the community. It's very social, but less social in a way, maybe. Or differently social. There's a community of intention. So we create the conditions. It's very delicate. And we're pushed left and right by our own minds that are used to be scattered, used to be fascinated by the contents of our thoughts. And again and again, we're practicing uh, abandoning the content of the thoughts, the fascination for what is being told, the story, the narration, projections, anticipation. Again and again, we're saying, can we wake up to here? Is it possible to be here? In this body stepping, in this body standing, in this body tasting, Is it possible to stay here, stay here? With this breath coming in and out. Stay here with this body resting on the bed. Stay here brushing, brushing, brushing. Stay here crunching, swallowing. Wetness, dryness, cold, heat. Staying here. Intimacy and connection with. These are the instructions. Just by staying here, what could we discover? This is an unusual path. Most people will think obsessively about stuff. And here we're trying something else. We're saying, there must be another way. We're benefiting from a whole lineage of people who have explored this, discovered this. I remember, you know, the first time I went on to practice, it was a retreat like this. And there was these instructions to be with the step, be with the step. 
And I was going through turmoil in my life. There was a lot of problems I had. Very difficult things to be with. I couldn't believe that they were saying, don't think about it, Pascal. Be here, be here with the stepping, be here with the fear, be here with the discomfort, be here with the uncertainty. Just be here. Notice the space, the light, and notice the contraction of the chest, or the tearing apart of the heart. Notice this, but don't think about it. Experience this here, here. Experience what's happening inside here, here, where there's so much going on. And pay attention also to the sounds or the quietness around, the movement of air, or whatever else, the dryness in the trough, the wetness on the hands. And so as a way to help me navigate complexities and difficulties and suffering in my life, uh, there was this same invitation that is here, of letting go of the busyness, of the scatteredness of the mind that is going in all kinds of directions, to gather, gather the body and mind here, gather the attention here, wake up, to hear, just to see what will happen. And then, yeah, the how I want to describe it today, I've never used these words before, but I'm trying them out now. And then the unimaginable, the unimagined and unimaginable suddenly happened, the vista start to change, how things appear. For one thing for me, that was very surprising, unpredictable, unfathomable, <laughs> unforeseeable, unforeseeable for me. So the situation was the same. You know, there was a lot of trouble ahead, a lot of uh, difficulties, uh, you know, uh, life-threatening situation, life-threatening illness, and suddenly with just this walking, in this, in, with the fear, with the confusion, with the shame, with the, with the why me, with the etc., suddenly the vista started to change. I started to notice something that was real too, but unnoticed. That actually, there was no immediate threat. I, I hadn't noticed that there was no immediate threat. So busy, so preoccupied. I hadn't seen this. It was there, all along. But because of this uh, noticing the step, Noticing the breath, noticing the light changing at the end of the day, noticing the cold, cooler air coming from the forest, noticing all these things, suddenly I attuned in a way differently to what was happening. 
And I noticed, oh, there's no immediate threat. My whole system has been on for several months fighting something that is actually not here now. Here now there's just a body sitting, the coolness, the birds maybe, or highway. So the vista started to change and balance was able to come back. Flexibility of mind in the terror, confusion, the mind was very rigid, very, was not creative, didn't have pliability to it. And by paying attention, offering attention, connecting with what was happening just here, suddenly things started to move inside, more flexibility of the mind, less obsession, less under occupation, more availability. And the heart could be touched in a different way. Appreciation, maybe. Tenderness became available. The door was closed to these uh, mind states. I'll try a different way to talk about this. I had a conversation uh, recently with uh, a therapist, psychologist, and we were talking about practice. And uh, so I'll I'll say this in my words and in my understanding of the conversation, uh, because I think it's useful. That's why I'm doing this. And so what the person was saying, very, very curious about mindfulness, and they were saying, uh, so hearing the instructions of paying attention to presently arisen phenomena, what is happening here now, uh, not thinking about it, but experiencing it. These are the instructions that Tara was giving this morning, experiencing something, experiencing the breath, not thinking about my breath. I could think about my breath. Oh my God, my breath is so like this. I should do some pranayama or learn how to breathe. Or, you know, do, you know, this is the wrong breath. You know, so I could think about my breath. But there's another option: is to actually experience it. I could think about uh, me. You know, Pascal. What am I going to do with this predicament? Not Canada, but Pascal. <laughs> it's a whole other problem. <laughs> You know, how I'm going to manage, manage Pascal, care for Pascal, you know, how Pascal is going to be perceived, what's going to happen to Pascal later, and, you know, what is Pascal's worth? You know, I could think about this endlessly. I, I have. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and there's another way also to, to be in relationship. It's to actually experience what is what I call Pascal. What is that? To experience this. You know, and it could be, yeah, what is it? What I call Pascal. It's an experience of, I don't want to be too reductionist. <laughs> Start to, I don't know what's the word in English. But it's, 
I would, we could start basically with pressure on the butt. <laughs> what is what I call Pascal? Well, sorry to <laughs> be very basic here, but it's an expression of pressure on the butt. That's for sure. There's some of that. And some, you know, expansion and contraction, movements of air. Their sight, sensitivity to colors and form. This hearing, this heart beating. There's maybe curiosity right now. Other times, something else, but now, just now. And so we were talking with this, uh, this uh, practitioner and therapist. We were talking about um, emotions, awareness of emotions. So the instructions in, uh, in mindfulness practice, in, you know, in the Dharma, the instructions with emotions is to, to be aware of them, to experience them uh, consciously, lucidly. The presence of uh, ease or unease, presence of um, maybe uh, irritation or its absence, presence or absence of shame, if that happens to be there, or confusion, uh, confused, confused. The presence of calm or benevolence, that's what's there. Just becoming acquainted, uh, slowing down, uh, not thinking about, but experiencing, experiencing (coughs) care, presence, experiencing not being available and being obsessed or preoccupied, agitated. Oh, agitation. The invitation to feel, to feel. And we were talking about how this, the word that is often used in Dharma practice for, for this coming close to, sometimes it, it's, uh, the way we talk about this is investigation of uh, phenomena of emotions. And so this person was saying, oh, in my field, investigation would mean, why is there shame? Where did it come from? Maybe in childhood and and so we were, it's an interesting question, like, to, so there's two ways here. You know, one way is you just attend to it, become intimate with it, with, uh, with, with con- conscious of it, e- experiencing it, éprouver in French, to, yeah, to experience, to feel, feel maybe, to, to sense, to, to experience something as it's happening. This is mindfulness practice. And in the other version, you reflect, where could that come from? Why did this come about? And when else have I felt this? And how far ago? What's my earliest memory of feeling this? And uh, and the question was like, what uh, very important question that came was... uh, 
what would be the advantage of not investigating in the way that the therapist would do maybe and I'm not a therapist so I might be misrepresenting some uh, but anyway that was what was in the conversation for sure so what would be the advantage such a good question no? what would be the advantage of not thinking about of not you know going to the genesis of this or what would be the advantage? And before I answered, I, I had to feel like what? So what would be the advantage? And so what came to me, and that's to me the beauty and power of this practice, is um, not reflecting on it gives me a chance to not get entangled in the story. And uh, I learned this through, uh, you know, meeting with teachers and talking about my experience. So in one of the centers uh, where we teach and I've practiced, um, it might be changing, but there, I think there's a kind of purity about about this. Is you don't uh, report on uh, on the story; you report on the phenomena, on the experience. And uh, I was comparing to a, another center where we'll go and practice. And maybe I'll say, um, I'll give you an example, is maybe with grief. I could say, oh, I'm on retreat now. And, um, you know, I lost, uh, there was the death of an important person in my life. So I'm experiencing a lot of grief as I'm here on retreat. So in one center, maybe you would describe to the teacher your experience like this very rich, beautiful, important. And in this other place where it's kind of more pure version, I'm not saying that pure is better, I'm just saying it's more, I don't know what's the word, formal in this way. And so, and I I had to learn the language of both centers as I was practicing in one and the other. And I liked uh, uh, both, but one I appreciated a lot because if I went in to tell, uh, talk about my practice, I wouldn't say, I would just talk about the phenomena. So there is grief. I wouldn't tell anything about the story. So there is grief. And uh, when grief arises, it can be really, really strong and overwhelming. It uh, makes me feel almost like sick or hollowness, uh, kind of abyssal, Something in the throat is felt. Something in the in the guts. Uh, yeah. So I wouldn't describe the story. I, I think as I'm doing uh, here to you, when I was talking about my first retreat, where the story is, I had learned I was HIV positive. Actually, I had AIDS at that time. Uh, and in the practice, the invitation was not to think about AIDS and, and HIV, it was to explore fear. And what I liked about this was it, it was helping me not get entangled in the story of what was going to happen, just like suddenly shame. Shame outside of, uh, you know, the kind of stigma of uh, AIDS or HIV. There was just experience of shame. And to me, it helped me Less, less, get less entangled in the story, but also uh, it was very useful 
to open to something a little bit more universal as a view, as a change of vista. It's like, oh, shame happens. Grief happens. For some people, it's because the, their dear cat has died. For some people, it's a loved one, a human being. For some people, it's because of a loss of uh, maybe some part of their identity, a role they were fulfilling in life. Or, and for others, it's a diagnosis. But there's something to the core of what's happening that maybe has a similarity of losing, losing. And so by not getting in the story, but getting very close to the, the experience itself, So not thinking about, but experiencing the shame, the confusion. Maybe I was confused about what will happen. I thought I, would, I, thought I was young, 20, early 20s. I had all my life. Now I'm confused because I'm told that I'm going to die. You know? But confusion, apart from the story, confusion is something that we can come really close to disoriented, disorientation is something that can be studied outside of the, the story. I don't know if you can follow me here. And if you don't, it's not your fault. <laughs> I take full responsibility. But I like to be a little experimental and try stuff. To me, that's also close to life, you know, like we don't know what's going to come. Am I going to find the words or not? I That's why I'm still teaching. Otherwise, I would have stopped if I was to read something I wrote. <laughs> no, it would not be juicy enough. I like the fact that we don't know if it's going to work or not. I think <laughs> it's closer to life. It's, uh, it's more vibrating to me. You know? I'm trying something here. And so, yeah, so experiencing consciously. And so here, it demands of us a kind of renunciation and abandoning and letting go of the storyline. And many of us, maybe all of us, I can't say, but I could imagine that. All of us are very caught in the stories of a certain me. And I can't believe the possible change of vista that is possible with what? Slowing down. Letting go of the scatteredness, of the busyness. Coming closer to experience. Not so much describing it, If you want to describe it, Tara offered the way this morning. It's so simple, noting. It doesn't go very far. Huh? Stepping. Stepping. Like there's not a lot of embellishment. You know? Oh, I like the way I stepped. I used to step better than I step now. And if I had to stepped over there, it would have been better. It's extremely simple, the way that Tara and the whole lineage from the Mahasi Sayada uh, noting style, you know, like the embellishment is reduced to a very bare minimum. Breathing, stepping, fear, uh, you know, unease, chewing, swallowing, uh, hearing. Uh, so we come close to experience. We let go of fascination with embellishment, storytelling, narration, uh, at least for a moment, if that's helpful for you. Like, I don't want to let go of my story. Don't, don't. Just momentarily. What if I was to come in relationship to life without storytelling, which is so important, but we're just experimenting, 
What if I was to let go of the storytelling and just be here with the discomfort or uncertainty or boredom or breeze, breeze? Or coolness? If I was not making a description of, uh, oh yeah, I, you know, as I'm experiencing it, describing it to my friends, I was there and it was really beautiful. Just what if I was to just experience it? Abandon all, everything else. That's what we're experimenting with, we're playing with here. Uh, bare minimum, in contact with, in contact with. And yeah, and suddenly the timeline, to me that's remarkable. The timeline might be dropped completely. Me was there, I'm here, I'm going there, I hope I'm going there, am I going there, will I get there? You know, like viewing the world through a timeline. Very human thing to do, maybe very important sometimes, but also maybe limiting, encaging. So we're playing with this here by slowing down, letting go of busyness, coming in contact with each with events, phenomena, that's a word we use here, events, things, experiences happening now. Not describing them, not putting them on a timeline, but just being there with something as it's happening. Very, very bare minimum, uh, naked awareness, we could call it maybe. Naked, with no story, just experiencing the stepping, experiencing the discomfort, the uncertainty, the clarity, the gratitude, the ease. Not putting it in a frame of a timeline. And at some point, it, maybe it drops for real. And another vista. Wow. There's another way to experience life. That everything had to refer back to a me on a timeline. This was my only way to meet the world, to experience the world. And maybe there's another way. And what happens if that is not there? What happens? What is possible? I don't know, we'll see. To me, what I've noticed is a little bit a possibility of the opening of the heart. In a different way, of course, the heart can open through storytelling, the story of me, or of us. Or But it's a different way. We're, we're looking for a different way. It's unusual. Not many people have done this through history. But there's a lineage of people who have explored that avenue. And they've found worth, value in that. Yeah, things unimaginable, un in, impossible to imagine before. Maybe there's a kind of a core experience that some of us have, maybe all of us. I don't know, some of us for sure, I'm sure. Core experience of being a me separate from the world. Like a little me inside that is separate from the world and that has to negotiate, maybe defend itself. Uh, 
isolated, separate. It's not easy to feel. Brings existential angst. Me, separate from the world, having to deal with it. And maybe this is caused. This is maybe not permanent and solid and essential. Maybe this is caused by the view that we have, the way we hold, the way we perceive things. So vipassana goes very deep. We create the conditions so we might be able to perceive things slightly differently. You can do this with uh, LSD, mushrooms. There's all kinds of ways to, <laughs> you know, to explore different perceptions. This is also one of them. And something might open up. Or maybe it's not that the view of self completely vanishes. But maybe we view self differently, with more tenderness, with more care, understanding, friendliness. So this is what we do here. We slow down, let go progressively. That's a training, that's a practice of the scatteredness of value that we give to the, our thinking process. I so value my next thought. <laughs> Whatever it is, you know, I'm going to follow it. You know. And here we slowly, progressively, we change the value, give less value to thought, more value to immediate experience. Just to see, it's an, it's an experiment, just to see what could happen if we did that in terms of heart opening in terms of healing our relationship with ourselves with the world So we do this, and I'll finish with this. We do this formally and informally. So we do this when we are here in this hall, doing what we call sitting, stationary practice, code word sitting. <laughs> so we do this here. So what we do here, we just create the conditions, practice, train ourselves. We are in this lab to see what, what, how could I, could I s- stabilize presence? Create some connection with here now and making, make it last. Sustain that presence when I would depart in opinions, narration, anticipation, planification, projection. What if I stayed here? What could happen by staying here? It's a big risk. It means I have to let go of the candy that is the thinking process. What do you mean? I just want to think a little bit about next week, about last week, about what could happen, what could have happened, you know. We have to let go of this. We're explorers. We have to uh, travel light. We're on a long journey. We can't carry all these stories. At least put them down just to see you know, if it gives us access to something. So we do this formally as we sit 
maybe do what we call the walking practice, and you'll see what, how formally you'll practice at that time, at the time of the walking. And in the in-between times here, as you know, many of you have a lot of practice. So as Tara was uh, so wisely instructing us, so not just the sitting and the walking, but the standing after the sitting, the waiting in line, the serving food, the opening of the door of our bedroom, the putting on clothes or removing clothes, this lab of trying to stabilize. And every moment we do this, we are, you know, we're creating the supportive condition for this to be, uh, become uh, an experience of a stabilized presence. And so we're investing in that just to see what could happen in terms of change of perception about my past, future, or us, about any of the biases I have acquired along the way unknowingly about reality, others, me, us, Thank you for listening to this uh, this talk. Thank you for your consideration. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.